Welcome to Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. Here we are about to kick off another episode of Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. And we have a funny show for you with my friend Andy O coming up. But before we do that, I'd like to talk about losing a Tulsa radio icon this week. It has really been a rough week, Candace. Yeah. It was really difficult to lose a guy who uh, was a consummate professional on the air. He never met a competitor, always so generous with his time and uh, just a great great on-air voice and a great singing voice as well of course i'm talking about the passing of my radio friend chuck stevens we all know that name if you've listened to radio in any short amount of time and i think you know i mean one of the things that uh it was common thread listening to people uh radio guys all over uh the city you know you weren't a competitor with him if you were in radio, you were a com. It was a common bond. You know, you were on part of the team. Right. And so he never saw competition, and I think that was the coolest thing. And then also, you know, for me, it was uh, his love for Southern gospel music. I I was in a quartet for a while, and I sang tenor, and he sang baritone and bass. And so, you know, we always joked all the time about getting to sing with our legends yeah. that had passed on. And so, you know, I know that that's what he's doing now. You know, and, that, I mean? and that's what's. I didn't realize that about him until you had shared that. So it's that's what I love about this podcast is that for those of us that don't realize some of those things, that we're learning some of these inside secrets of the radio world, of these voices that we hear over the airwaves, that we get to get a little glimpse of inside what their life really looked like. So I, that's awesome. It was a, a great memorial service for him as well. And uh, there was a lot of radio folks there. Uh, the place was packed out. I mean, it was amazing to see the love for Chuck. And the thing is, is that, you know, I don't have any regrets because I showed him that love no matter when I was showed was around him you know and he did the same there was no regret there i think it's awesome that you guys are uh, kind of a family in, in itself yeah. the, the radio world family if i can put it that way and that's so great that you guys were all able to come together and honor him he was an amazing talent and a great guy on and off the air chuck i know that you're singing with your favorite singer kenny henson and all the southern gospel greats that went on before you enjoy praising the name of jesus make sure that you keep that tour bus warmed up we will sing together again someday my friend i promise you that on this episode of behind the mic with rick hampton man i have been looking forward to talking with today's guest for a long time he has talked to many celebrities been the mentor to a lot of folks in tulsa radio and he's tested the physics of sending a wireless mic through the vacuum tubes of a bank broadcasted naked at 71st memorial in tulsa and for many of you kept you company and made you laugh on his kvoo morning show it's the andy Stay tuned. My conversation with Andy O is next. Welcome to the Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton podcast. Brought to you by Mojo Merchandise. Join radio veteran Rick Hampton and his guests for informative and entertaining discussions as they take you behind the scenes, behind the stories, behind the music, and more. Originating from the Big Daddy Studios, it's time to go behind the mic, and here's your host, Rick Hampton. Oh, you better hang on to something. This episode might just get a little crazy. For several decades, my guest has entertained you in the mornings with his humor, all the show characters, and a knack for just being real on the radio. He was one of my mentors when I first got started in radio. He was a partner in crime at times, and most definitely my radio pal. You know him, you love him. Please welcome to Behind the Mic, Andy O. I'm glad to be here, Rick. I think it's a great thing that you're doing, and uh, 
I've often told myself I need to start doing a podcast, but the only difference between you and me is I'm really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will tell you that it is a, it is an honor to have you on. Um, we uh, worked together for quite a while. Um, when did you start that? I, I started to... in 95, 1995 um, with Kick 99. Right. Uh, Brad hired me to uh, just do, uh, actually, my first job there was to walk on the uh, very hot, hot parking lot for Bell's Bash. Okay. Uh, the 4th of July thing we did with uh, with them, and, and it was a very hot day. And you were <laughs> and barefooted? My, pretty much. <laughs> my, my job was to walk around the uh, parking lot and putting uh, flyers on cars. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, that we had them trapped at Bell's. Well, I will say that you truly worked your way up through more than anybody I've ever known, through every position in radio. You started handing out flyers. Yep. You went to the engineering department, I know. I did, yep. Uh, you worked in, uh, of course, you were on the year you were a program director i mean you you literally did everything <laughs> yeah I, I mean you know it, it it's it's amazing to me to look back on that career and see you know where i did start and where i ended up and it was honestly it was due to people like you who um said hey you know what no you can do this you're funny you're you know you can pull it off well it it's really- funny because it's like radio there's no there's no real like a lot of professions like here's the path you have to take to get where you want to go the path in radio is kind of like, hey, if you're willing to go out in a hot parking lot and put flyers on, then maybe we'll give you another job. And if yep. you're willing to do that, then we'll give you another job. Right. And so you just got to keep doing stuff, and you did. And like I said, you did pretty much everything there was to do in radio. Well, thanks. You know, I want to talk about a couple of things that you've managed to pull off in your career. Uh, one of the things I was talking with Toby Duffy in episode two was the infamous wireless mic in the vacuum tubes at a bank. Did you know that you can actually put a wireless mic inside a bank vacuum tube yes, container and send, it and send it into the building? Yes. We found that out one year, one time on a remote at the Arvest Bank, I think it was, down the street. And uh, yeah, we found that out with Andy. But that was Andy Stick. Oh, yeah. I did a remote with him one morning. And he goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. This is going to blow your mind. I so see you're going to put the mic in the in the bank tube. He goes, okay, listen, I'm the talent. You're yeah. the, <laughs> you you he, are the board op. He re- I'm he, the guy. He really was <laughs> yeah. a really nice guy yeah. about it. Classic. Yeah. It was an yeah. Andio classic. You know, the funny thing is, is that you would come to me in the engineering room or you would call me into the studio and say, hey. <laughs> and I knew... Well, okay, one, it's going to be a really fun adventure, whatever we're about to do, or this could get me fired. Yeah, so, it's going to be a $500 microphone we lose here. Right. Well, and, the, the idea back then with the with the whole bit was, uh, and I can't remember if it was a cell phone or a microphone, we've done both, but, but, but that technology, the cell phone was fairly new at that time. Mm-hmm, yeah. And we thought, okay, if we put this in this tube and we leave it on and we send it through the tube in the bank to the teller, will it stay connected all the way? That was the big challenge mm-hmm. back then. Will this cell phone stay connected? And of course, hearing that sound of, <laughs> you know, and that whole thing was the fun of it. But And then it hitting the ground and the, you know, it hit, hitting the little piece in, inside oh. to bang and it <laughs> rattle around. Well, we started out with a cell phone right. and then we did graduate to a microphone Wireless because microphone. You, you came to me and said, hey, you know what? The cell phone worked great. What do you think? Do you think the mic would fit in it? And so here I am, you know, I mean, most people put money in a tube like that. But me, I'm putting $500 in there because it's a microphone trying to shove this thing down in. And the thing is, is it fit perfectly. Worked. 
It worked. It worked, it worked yeah. great. It was good radio. That's all that mattered. It did. <laughs> it was very good radio. Um, one of the other stories that we talked about um, was, of course, you broadcasting naked at oh, yeah. 71st and Memorial. And I'll never forget that morning either. I'm going to get inside this thing right now, and I'm going to take my clothes off right as we speak. Uh-oh. Right here at the intersection, I swear. How you doing? I'm not going to take my pants off to that placement leave until the light turns green. I'm sorry. There's something very exhilarating about this. Oh, my gosh, Rick. They're going to be able to see me. All right. I'm at 71st and Memorial. I'm doing my show naked between now and eight o'clock i still have my pants on it for the moment we're beating the heat today <laughs> it's still funny today you know what every single time you called me in that studio it was one of two things somebody's getting naked yeah <laughs> somebody's getting naked we're either going to violate like two or three fcc rules or you know that could get me fired and i remember that one was uh was a very funny one because you walk i walk in the room and you're like hey question you know you've been hearing me talk about how hot it is and and i said yeah i said does this have anything to do with you Telling your listeners that you would broadcast naked if it got hot and stayed hot for two or three days. Yeah, it does. So that's what we did. Yeah, I remember that very fondly. And um, we was well, we stood at the corner of Seventy First and Memorial. And in in actual fact, I I have to confess, I I, I kept my underwear on, but I bunched them up, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like a thong or something, which I really enjoyed. And we had a banner. You put a you strategically yes. placed a banner about a, I did about a six inch banner, you know, and I stood just behind that banner with the <laughs> underwear, so it lined up with the underwear, so it looked like I was completely naked. And we we weren't more than about uh, 35, 40 minutes into that, and somebody called the cops. Oh yeah, I remember the cops yeah, did arrive. I, I, as a matter of fact, that's what I was saying. I mean running hot down memorial from betty ann's right and drive time the, yes. lights and sirens flashing yes yeah <laughs> and uh pulled up uh, part and, of a naked man 71st tomorrow and so then of course you know as soon as he gets there the guy's like ah oh, crap it's just andy <laughs> you know i mean <laughs> and then they posed with pictures and yes. everything it was great yes yeah i posed yeah. naked with policemen for pictures yes yeah back then we weren't nearly as worried about things like insurance and rules and right laws you know uh, i mean yeah, whatever who cares you know these days it's all corporate they're all uptight worried about this yeah stuff. when did you start in radio now i mean obviously i know you know your dad uh, meant a lot to me uh mike oatman just a legend in the industry itself but on top of that just life mm-hmm. uh was really a you know a mentor as well because yeah. he just he had such great common sense that's the way he looked at life mm-hmm. and so i know that uh, he was in radio but tell me a little bit about that how did you get your start well you know i grew up around of course him. he did the morning show at kfdi in wichita for since i don't know since 1964 he started and i was born in 1964 so it's like i was always around it um and didn't think that's what i wanted to do when i was 17, 18 years old, wanted to do anything but that just because my dad was doing it and I wanted to do something else. But then I started kind of hanging around at the radio station up there in Wichita, doing some of the same things you were doing, you know, whatever they wanted me mm-hmm. to do, basically. Found out that, you know, I kind of like this. This is kind of like not work, you know. You just got to push some buttons and act goofy and play some music, and this is kind of fun. I can handle this. So I started coming in late at night when he didn't even know it and running the board and being on the air and stuff like that. And eventually, by the time I was... Not 18, 19 years old, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. So I went ahead and I was in school and I majored in radio and television and worked at the radio station during that. Then went full-time in Wichita until about uh, 1991. That's when I came to Tulsa, to KVOL, had the opportunity to come down here. and Because my dad was pretty famous, as you mentioned, up there in Wichita, and so I was always known as Old Mike's son. Mm-hmm. You know, and then my sister got on TV, and she was a local TV anchor, so I was known as Old Mike's son and Melissa's brother. And I said, right. hey, I want to go somewhere where I'm just Andy O, you know. So that's when I came to Tulsa in 91 and enjoyed basically eight, 17 years of, with the exception of a couple of years where I left there mm-hmm. in the middle of, of uh 
great times on the air here in Tulsa. I mean, I just, you know, that's that was some of the best times of my entire life and wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, and I think you managed to, that's the thing is uh, you surrounded yourself too with talent as well. That's that number one, to me, that's a great sign of a good boss and of a good person like that, that can cobble that together. But at the same time, you had a lot of great characters on the show and you made it a an event i mean every morning you know there's only a few people that i can look at right now that are doing radio even today that still have a kind of a cast right it was like a it was like almost like a variety show every morning rather than just a morning show It, it was a cast and there was a lot of times it was big for a while like that but you know you were doing that kind of radio pretty much right off the bat i mean trying to you know it makes it more interesting you know i think if you've got some characters any 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 thing you listen to every morning you want to be invested in the characters on the show whether it's the people that are hosting it or uh, creating a character every now and then like johnny pinto which right. steve jackson was was our johnny pinto the news legend of the old west he, he is uh, what was the theme johnny pinto uh works all day at the radio ranch and his favorite salad dressing is french french yeah, yeah. <laughs> johnny pinto good morning hey radio how you doing there you scallywag fine how are you well i'm doing pretty good except I almost got in trouble almost got in trouble here at work yeah almost got what fired or something well, it darn near got that bad. What happened? Well, you know, I work in the news department with Brian Gann. Sure. Well, come in the other day, and, well, I was kind of checking my eyelids for holes there. For oh, you were, yeah. you were napping on the job. Well, you know, I was I was doing some heavy-duty thinking, but Brian thought I was napping. And he caught you sleeping. He caught me Ooh. sleeping. Oh, he hit the ceiling, but, you know. It happens to the best of us. I talked myself out of it. You did? Yep. Oh, I tell you what, the old brain kicked into gear. Well, do you have any advice for folks that might get caught napping on the job? You know, I'm so glad you asked. That Andy O, because I do. I got something for you, folks. In case your boss ever comes in, and you're checking your eyelids for holes. Listen to this. You just look him in the eye and say, "Well, this is an exchange for the six hours last night when I dreamed about work." Yeah, that'll get you out of that'll it. Work. You betcha. Another one is I thought this was a pretty good one too. Oh, they told me at the blood and bank this might happen. Woo! <laughs> so that was when you give blood. Yep, yep. Well, if you're laying your head down there and he comes in, say just raise up and go. Whoo! guess I left the top off the liquid paper again. Oh. <laughs> and of course, for all you people who work around computers, this is real good, too. Just look at him and say, well, you know, I was testing the keyboard for drool resistance. Ooh, I yeah. do that when I sleep. I and drool. if it gets really bad, if this was like the second or third time he caught you, yeah. you just raise your head up and real soft and real smooth, you say, and I especially thank you for my excellent boss. Amen. Tommy Pesto! Hey, you kids, get out of my yard! Guys like that, and then the, the Deacon Paul Brown was another guy yep. that, that we really liked. Uh, and there was one, you know, he, he used to call when Heather and I were on the air, and there was one of those particular ones that I really liked that he uh, he, he used to call and tell stories. And there was one about uh, licking frogs. Do you remember that? I don't. KVLO, good morning. Good morning today to you, brother Ando. It is the Deacon Paul Brown from the Mount Ryland Baptist Church in Weewoke, Oklahoma. Good morning, sir. I told Bernice today, I said, just leave it to brother Ho to get something good together like working with the police in crusading on the kids. Yep, the Christmas crusade for kids is in full swing and... Couldn't be happier about it, sir. I tell you, Lord bless those police. They always doing something good for us. That's exactly right. You know, so many times they get the bad rap, but look what they doing good for us. 
That's right. They're always doing good. I'm telling you all the time, brother. I'm a hey. Listen, I'm an advocate when it comes to the police. You are. Oh, I'm a I'm a police advocate. Well, they don't get a, they don't. In my view, they don't get enough pat on the back and enough cash in the pocket. I agree, hundred percent. So I'm gonna remind them that the next time I get pulled over. <laughs> I bet you. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but let me tell you something. I got why they there. I got something on my mind. All right, what's on your you mind? No, I do not approve of wickedness. You know, all the men at work. When they were through with work, they want to go down in. Come on, Deacon. Come on down and have a little schlotz mile liquor bull with us. Right, right. I said, no, I don't need no bull to get no buzz. Yeah. <laughs> that is exciting enough for me. Yeah, I bet. Well, I had heard of something. I thought I'd heard all the foolishness I needed to hear. Right. But now I heard they got something that is not only wicked and dirty, but filled with foolishness. Well, what's that? I hear there is some people out there that are getting a buzz by, I can't believe this, licking the belly of a frog. Oh, you know, I saw that on the news or something. Kids or it's something. It's true. People out there have found a certain kind of frog you can lick the belly of to get a buzz. It's what they call in the drug world a hallucinogenic genital. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've heard of that. Yeah. My question is, Brother Ho, Yeah. how do they find out about this? I don't know. Who did they experiment on? How did they start? Did they go out in the backyard and in the barn and grab a chalk and say, let me lick this little chalk and see if it make me high? <laughs> I don't know. Who was it's the first? Like, hey, Mr. High Times, go over to the Tulsa Zoo. They a baboon over there they got in. Why don't you lick his belly and see if he gives you buzz? <laughs> Lord, what's next? People out there going to be licking horses and giraffes and wildebeest and cats and dogs. Whatever, just to try to get a little high. That's no good. Uh, I got three words to say for that. What's that? Wicked, wicked, wicked. Uh-huh. <laughs> and one more thing. What? Any of you drug-taking, powder-sniffing, needle-pushing hippies out there, you better stay away from my dog down here in Wee Woker. <laughs> I don't want nobody licking him but himself. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> Deacon Paul Brown from the Mountain Island Baptist Church. <laughs> One of the ones that I loved uh, towards the, kind of to me would be in the later years mm. of the morning show like that, was uh, Big Mama. Oh, yeah. And there's some personal ties there. I mean, that's not just some character well, that, that you created. That was my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> she was her own character. She was amazing. I oh. mean, I can remember that there were so many times that people would call in and, you know, oh, you know, does she live here? Who is that? What's right. going on? And you're like, no, it's that's my grandma. That's my you know? grandma. And that's my grandma. You she know? was a character. She, she was, was uh, you know, from Alabama. So she, she lived in Texas, but she was from Alabama, so she had a real thick accent. Mm-hmm. She said, you don't mean. I mean, just kind of <laughs> like that. And uh, so we'd just call her up and let her go, you know, once a week or so for a while there. And she'd tell us about, she'd always have to mention the Peyton boys. Peyton Manning and, and, and Eli, those are such nice young men. She'd always have to yes. work that in oh, somehow. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> right. Um, she'd share recipes with us and just tell us what was going on. And, you know, that's to me, that's what kind of what I tried to base my whole on-air, you know, thing about was just trying to be a real person mm-hmm. and... And, you know, share family and friends. My kids were on the air. My oh, grandma yeah. was on the air. You know, we'd, my wife wouldn't talk in the air much, but we'd talk about her, the little general. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that to me, that's what people can relate to. You know what I mean? It's just like uh, everybody's got kids and grandparents and all that stuff or has had. And, and so, anyway, that's that's kind of where my, my whole thought process for the show was, was to try and be relatable and just, you know, bring real life 
to the show and and find humor in things in real life, you know. And I think that was part of it too. You know, I I, I always likened it to that as, as as it being a variety show. Um, and sometimes it was a little corny, but mm-hmm. that's okay because it was fun. I mean, right. There was a lot of fun jokes, um, but I also think it was great because you in, integrated um, kids into it, mm-hmm. um, and they felt like you know they wanted to call you because mm-hmm. they wanted to talk to Andy and they wanted to be a part of that. You know, you had the uh, Radio Rangers. Uh, oh yeah, uh, you had Radio Rangers. Yeah, Junior Radio well, we'd Rangers. Always say, Okay, repeat after me. I insert name here, and they'd always say, "I, I insert, insert name, name here." here. <laughs> it was so great. It was so cool, and that was part of the whole magic of the morning show. Was you wanted kids calling in, you had listeners calling in, mom, dad. It didn't matter. You just involved everybody on the morning show, like they were the celebrity of the show, because that's ultimately what it is. They put you there. Having listeners call in and be part of the show is makes the show way way better. And my theory was always you have to be nice to them and if they hear somebody else call in they hear you be i don't know flippant or Mm -hmm. mean or rude or whatever to somebody else on the phone then they're not going to call in because they don't want to get treated the same way right and i i'm you know i I hear radio every now and then where they're all laughing at or whatever the the people that are calling in and i just think man that's just not the way we not the way we did it right know, because then people don't want to call in they're afraid to call you have to be safe why would you want to open yourself up to that exactly and instead they you know yeah they just wanted to they They, wanted to be a part of the show and they they call and just do the same thing share their personal stories and feel comfortable doing it and that's to me was you know what really made the show a lot better because it's because they were a lot more entertaining than i was put it that way so, <laughs> so tell me your favorite call-in moment uh, a lady called me about six thirty in the morning and she was crying we put her on the air and she was talking about how a neighborhood stray dog had gone underneath her house and had puppies and that the dog they thought had died the mother dog had died so that there was a lot of puppies underneath that house with no mother that were newborn. Mm-hmm. And this lady was crying. I need help. I don't know what to do. So we put her on the air and we just said, okay, if anybody is in this area, we want to go over there and try and help get these puppies out from underneath these house. And Neil Kennedy, that our traffic guy right. was out and he immediately zoomed to that location of where this house was and got down. And so did four or five listeners showed up wanting to help and he got down with his microphone right at the place where they crawled under the house and we were worried that some of the puppies had died and this and that so we were going to try and save whatever puppies were still alive down there and they formed a human chain basically the listeners did underneath the house yeah. and started passing these puppies one at a time and you could hear them whimpering as they went by Neil's microphone and say another one's alive here comes another one it's alive wow. and it was all six or seven puppies yeah. were alive and you could hear them as it was going on and listeners were there helping and I thought Okay, I've reached the pinnacle. This is what it this is, is about. A, this right. is as good as it gets yes. right here. We're right. saving puppies live on the radio. That's awesome. That pretty much summed it up right there. That is for sure. I have enjoyed our conversation so far. I cannot wait for our next segment because coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Andy O's dad, Old Mike. His name was uh, Mike Oatman. He was one of the founders of Great Empire Broadcasting that brought you KVOO's Radio Ranch in its heyday, and you don't want to miss that. Plus, you do not want to miss this audio coming up. Before the end of the program, I have audio from the day that Andy O got to interview the legendary outlaw Waylon Jennings. 
It's all coming up after the break. You're listening to Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. Don't take those earbuds out now. Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton returns in seconds. I'm Mo. And I'm Sheila Joe, And we're Mojo Merchandise. Mojo Merchandise was created by two friends with a craft passion. We love to make things as gifts like baby shower presents, wedding shower presents, party decorations, and balloon bouquets. There is nothing we can't do once we put our mind to it. We specialize in vinyl printed t-shirts, home decor signs, pillowcases, cups, and much more. If you have a favorite scripture or a mom saying you want on a t-shirt or sign, we've got you covered. If you have an idea or needing a gift, let Mojo Merchandise make exactly what you need. Love this episode of Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton? Invite and tell your friends about us. Share our episodes on your social media pages. You're listening to Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. And we are back talking with Andy O. And as promised, we're going to discuss about his dad, old Mike, and about Great Empire Broadcasting. Um, what year was it that Great Empire Broadcasting kind of became a thing? In 1964, he was in El Paso uh, working at a radio station, and he wasn't happy there. And Mike Lynch put an ad in the paper that he was uh, just get, uh, trying to find somebody to help him run KFDI in Wichita. And so my dad answered that ad and went to Wichita. This was a month after I was born. So he went to Wichita in 1964 to run the KFDI AM, just one AM station. Mm-hmm. And um, they eventually bought that from Frank, uh, from uh, Mike Lynch's dad. And so they owned an AM in Wichita, and they just went crazy and, and, and turned that thing into a powerhouse, you know, there in Wichita. By doing the same basic thing I'm telling you, talking about kids and dogs mm-hmm. and being real and relating to people. And it grew and grew, and eventually they started buying stations in other locations, Springfield and Omaha and Shreveport and Denver and Tulsa, and just expanding that whole Great Empire Radio Ranch thing out uh, amongst the, the Midwest. And so 64 is when it started, and that they had that until uh, 2000 uh, when they sold that to uh, Journal Broadcasting. So that was a pretty good run of, you know, we were lucky. We were we were amongst, the, you and I and, and everybody that worked right. at KVO, amongst the last people to work for a locally owned, I say locally, you know, individually, sure. not corporately owned entity, because it had all started going that way. And we enjoyed having a boss that we knew was going to treat us a certain way. And the non-corporate right. thing. People listening to this that don't understand the whole radio thing, it's it's gone very corporate. There's less people employed in radio. They're they're cutting back all the time. They're important, you know, they're canning shows as opposed yeah. to having live DJs. Right. You start sounding old when you say, oh, back in our day. Right. But back in our day, it was a little it more was fun. Good. And <laughs> that was it. No, it was really good radio, and it was a and it was a great atmosphere right. to be around it. And you're right. It was a family thing. Right. It really was. I mean, you know. And it was a team thing. Like, you're on a team. Yeah. We're on this team. We're on this football team, and we all want to win, you know. And now you go into one building, and there's eight or nine radio stations, so there's no real. And there's, like, three people. Right. There's no Maybe. team. There's no yeah. synergy like it used yeah. to be, you know. So. And see, and that's kind of the way I feel, too. You know, we we were talking about it being a family thing, but uh, ultimately it is a team, and it was a team back then too. With the, and I sound old all the time, so I don't care either <laughs> anymore. Um, you know, and I was explaining something that to somebody the other day. Uh, I said, you know, we're going to have a ranch hand reunion, and they were like, "What? What's that? you know?" I mean, <laughs> and in their head, they're thinking, "Did you work on a farm You're or right. a ranch or something?" That's another thing about Great Empire that you know we used to use the radio ranch yeah. and we're ranch hands, and people thought that's so corny, that's so dorky, and you know it probably was dated in a sense. I mean, it was really back in the '60s when they started that. It right. was you know kind of cool, but maybe it was a little dated, maybe it was a little whatever. But 
it honestly created the feeling amongst us and I think the listeners that we're family, mm-hmm. that we're all in yeah. this together, you know. Yeah. So I mean, you know, things like uh, on the back porch of the ranch, it's, you know, sunny and 75. Right. Well, the funny thing is to me is that if you find people that were from that time period as well and listen to KVOO then, they immediately think of those things. Oh, they yeah. know those things. Right. They, they you know, they all I remember uh, like the weather vane, you know, the KVOO weather vane right. was our weather forecast. Right. And but it's still known today. I mean, yeah, people it's visualization, yeah, is what it is. You know, it was just it was simply branding back then before they knew what branding was. Right. You know, you're just you're giving people a visual of right. what you're all about. So. Right. First time I ever met your dad, uh, I was just impressed of oh, I mean, what a nice mm. guy he was. And uh, your dad um, did a lot of things. Tell me a little bit some of the accomplishments from him i know like uh he had a a radio show obviously he had a morning show but he did other things too i mean he had the morning show in wichita for 40 years uh let's see from 1960 well i guess it would be more like about 36 years from 1964 to 2000 he was the morning guy for kfdi am and fm in wichita he was the ceo of the company he was the president of the country radio broadcasters (laughs) for several years you know i mean yeah so many things he he really and he was a very locally involved in wichita in the community and things i mean that was another thing is that the, our radio stations always tried to get involved locally in the community and help and he did a lot of that yeah he was just uh and he had a tv show up there i mean he was he was a busy guy and, and did a lot of things but um, what happened is in 2000 is that the laws had changed in broadcasting to where you could own as many stations in a market basically as you wanted to and so all the corporate people were getting into it and he tried not to sell, and he kept turning down offers year after year to sell. And then finally, it got to the point where they offered enough to where he said, I couldn't make this much money in right. 20 years. All the employees who were stock, who own stock, you know, I, it would be fiduciarily irresponsible for me not to sell this because they're all going to get a bunch of money and, and it's going to be better off. Right. So, so, and my mom was sick at the time and stuff. Right. So eventually, he did sell the radio stations. And it's funny, though, because even after he sold them, He'd turn on the radio and he'd hear something. He'd say, I can't believe they're screwing up my stations like this. You know, <laughs> he thought he still owned them. <laughs> I said, well, well, Dad, the reason you got that money was so they could do what they yeah, wanted. You know, right. no kidding. Hey, when we come back, I have got a blast from the past for you. Andy O had the privilege of interviewing a lot of people while he was on the air with KVOO and throughout his career. But one of those was the legendary Waylon Jennings called into the show. We'll hear about the day the music died and much more. And also Waylon about him giving up his seat for the Big Bopper on that ill-fated flight that took the life of Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens. It's coming up next on Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. Like what you hear so far? Never miss an episode. You can subscribe to this show on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, search behind the mic with rick hampton it's the nbo show hey you'll never guess who's on the phone with us but uh the coolest cat to ever pick up a telecaster <laughs> waylon jennings hello waylon what are you doing andy good morning how are you i'm doing fine i'm in nashville i got so many things i want to talk to you about let me just ask you first about uh your days with buddy holly you know buddy and i were friends for a long time before i ever worked for him and uh, we had uh, done contests and uh, we used to work on a show every Sunday afternoon called the Sunday Party on KDAV there in Lubbock. 
But uh, we just knew each other, you know. We played some of those dances around there and what have you. And uh, we liked each other from the first. Never had any problems. We always got along good. Were you, all, were you one of the original crickets in Wayland? No, I wasn't. Uh-uh. Well, what year did you join? I was with him, you know, right at that last tour. Right. You know, they, it's kind of been overblown. Uh, I was Buddy's protege is basically what hmm. my main function was. And I was playing bass for him at the end. You know. Now, were you on the tour when the plane crashed? Yes, I was supposed to be on the plane. But uh, uh, J.P. Richardson, the big bopper, came to me, and, and he had such a... He had flu real bad, and he was a big guy, and, and we were traveling in a converted school bus, and he just couldn't get comfortable or get any sleep, and, and asked me if he could go on in with Buddy and and, uh, and see if he couldn't get him some rest and get something for his cold. Have you ever wondered what you'd done to deserve that? You know what? I... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't understand it to this day. And uh, I've tried not to think that way, you know. Because, you know, you don't feel proud that someone else took what was basically your place in dying. And uh, I just, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in this world that we don't understand. And that's one of my big ones. I had a little health problem. I'll tell you what. I mean, the only thing I retired from was a road and a lot of the bull****. And uh, they get it all out of hand, you know, and they holler, I'm in a wheelchair and all of this stuff. Now, what was that? Tell us about that. I had had what was called a very minor stroke. And what happened, it could have happened to anybody. Uh, Just some plaque came off and... And, uh, and went up and uh, into my brain, and I had a little bit of problems walking, you know? Right. And, uh, but I needed, I had already kind of pulled back off of the road, and I'd been needing to do that. I've been doing that steady for 30 years. A monkey knows when you're wore out. <laughs> but a, a hillbilly singer never realizes it until he falls over. <laughs> you know, there's some great artists, and uh, but they're very well hidden. Uh, one thing is the record companies don't want the artists to be in control of the music anymore. And they have these producers who, any any given day here in Nashville, they'll be doing three different albums, running from one studio and seeing if everything's going okay there, and running to this one over here and seeing if everything's going good there. And they do it down to letter perfect. And they find a guy who's good looking, you know, and looks good in Levi's and hats, and take him in and record him because they have these machines that uh, he don't have to sing good because these machines can move a note up if he sings flat, move it down if he sings sharp and puts him on key. They do that a lot. seems like the bottom line is they're just taking the soul out of it. Yeah, it, it is. You know, I just want to cut records and have a good time with it and play music that people might want to listen to. I don't want to set the world on fire anymore. I had all I wanted of that. <laughs> and, uh, but as long as people want to hear me sing, I'll put out an album. And you know what, Waylon? People still want to hear you sing. And well, I hope so. Any chance we can get you and Willie together to come up here and visit us sometime? Who's Willie? Uh, there's a guy named Willie with long hair. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've met you him. You never know when me and him are going to show up together. Well, Willie's still my, my brother of the road. <laughs> and uh, he's still as crazy as he ever was. Well, and pleasure talking to you, and, and again, you are one of my heroes, and uh, we just uh, think you're the coolest. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you again. Coming up on the next episode of Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. Well, my conversation will continue with Andy O. We're going to talk about his early days at KVOO, find out another one of his favorite moments from his career, and hint, it involves
involves helping save a listener's life. Watching the story, and the guy said, we'd all been dead if it hadn't been for Andy O calling me and waking me up that morning to wish me a happy birthday. You do not want to miss that. It is going to be a good one. I promise you that. And we'll put Andy Go through our Behind the Mic speed round of questions. All this and more coming up next time on Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton podcast. Brought to you by Mojo Merchandise, your choice for customized tees, thermal tumblers, home decor, and more. Never miss a show by subscribing on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Join us next time as we go Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton.